and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. everyone and welcome to another special episode of the trash tapes where one man's trash is another man's treasure i'm your host johan Shapur, broadcasting live from my outbreak bunker exploring the deep and dark corners to find some more bad cinema to entertain you all this episode is another unreleased episode recorded back in september last year as a special birthday episode for yours truly i was about to turn 33 then I was panicking at the time. Now, there's more worse things to worry about. It was part of the heavy metal month Ed and I did for the YouTube channels, which was a lot of fun to do. We got to dress up, we got to talk about our favorite video games with heavy metal in it. We were, all, we were able to watch some hilarious scenes and just talk about good music. But this podcast episode never launched because it didn't feel right at the time. We attempt to streamline our podcast to be more an overall review format rather than the structure that we have now, that all this to make it easier to edit for me. It was actually the shortest and breeziest episode we ever recorded. Yet without the deep dive into the history, the, the analysis of the plot, and, that, and the now infamous soundboard, it lost some of its charm. It was for a flick I love and really wanted many others to see, but the episode had lost its focus and didn't feel like we actually did the film justice. After that one, we went back to the drawing board, and many, many months later, we got to where we are now. It was much better for it. So why am I releasing it now? Well, because I feel like this episode is actually more of an insight into our personalities and really shows the kind of friendship Ed and I have. We drank quite a bit before recording this one, and you can see it in the way we do things with our mannerisms. You can hear how relaxed we are, how reflective and silly we got. We went off on various different tangents on music, TV, and other subjects not related to the movie at all, and it was all over the place. But we had so much fun just chatting. So with a little editing and working around, I was able to have this episode up and ready for all of you to laugh at in your isolation stations. So ladies and gentlemen, 
banshees and ghouls. It is time to put your favorite band t-shirt on and grow your hair out as we headbang our way through the satanic, panic-inducing love letter to heavy metal, Deathgasm. Rock on. Realizing that when, when, when I like a drink, like, I just fucking chug it. Yeah. And I don't, and it's not because I'm like, just want to get drunk quicker. It's because I don't realize it. You know, mm. do you know when you like something so much that you just, yeah. that once it's over, you don't realize it's over and you sit there, you, little, you look a little disappointed afterwards? Yeah, I, I'm guilty of like, you know, when you say you, you, you have, have a drink on the go yeah. and you have it in your hand the whole yeah. time. Yeah. If you have it in your hand the whole time, you're just going to drink it the whole time. Exactly. It's right in my hand. It's going to be going down my throat. Yeah. You know, it's the same with food. Like, when, when I really like food, I eat really quickly. You notice, as you've known me forever. So I eat fucking quickly. And it's not because I don't want to. Like, it's not like I have somewhere to be. I just, it's just because it's there. It's just there, and I'm hungry. Mm. And, it, and it tastes good. Yeah. Fucking pizza, gone. Minutes. And people wonder, like, my God, what's wrong with you? It probably might be the reason why I'm slightly fat. But You're not fat, mate. Fucking <laughs> hell. It's the tyre. It's just a tiny ass tyre. You know, I'm, just, I'm getting that beer belly slowly but surely. I wouldn't be surprised that's become the case. You are about to experience trash cinema. Welcome to another episode of The Trash Tapes, when one man's trash is another man's treasure. I am the inflictor of Pedio Hedgeball, and I'm here with my oh-so-wonderful victim. But in this case, I think you're more like my sacrifice at this point. Uh, Edward Harvey, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. I don't think I'm a victim anymore. I'm enjoying these movies way too much. <laughs> it's true. I kind of thought, uh, at this point, I thought that you would be more like a ritual sacrifice in this movie. Yeah. Especially for the theme we're going for. But you were totally willing. Like, you were <laughs> you were totally willing for this. It wasn't, it, it was, if, if you were going to be sacrificed on an altar, you'd be there going, all right, <laughs> I'm totally game for this. <laughs> Come at me. Come at me, bruh. We got it exactly right. It's uh, it's 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 been a, it's been a little bit of a hot minute, um, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna confirm a few little things very quickly. Um, we have been a little bit on a hiatus, um, just basically just a little bit of a break. Yeah, like, you know, we, we, like we went on a holiday, so yeah, it's been we, we've just been taking it easy. It's summertime, and we thought we want to come back. I want to come back with a bang. I'm also gonna come back because it's around this time. Hopefully, around the time this movie comes out, like this uh, review comes out, it's my birthday. I'll be, I'll be 33. And so the reason why I picked this movie in particular is because I want to reconnect to my youth, really. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to my youth. <laughs> Can someone give me a time machine and come back? And this, it certainly had that metal nostalgia, didn't it? It totally did. My fear is that now I'm, go- I'm realising I'm going to be 33. I'm never going to be 18 again. <laughs> okay. So speaking of this malarkey, the movie we decided to review this time around is... A movie that's close and dear to my heart. I loved it when I first came out. It's an indie movie. It's a recent film as well. And it's called Deathgasm. 
know that evil heavy metal that your parents hate you listening to? You know those lyrics about hell, demons, and doom? What if I told you it's all real? I know. I was there. It's piss. That's me, Brody. My friends are losers. So we started a band. Check it out. Ricky Daggers. Is he dead? Wouldn't it be crazy if the music had something to do with demons? Demons. We're all gonna die. I translated those pages. Now, people are turning crazy. Like, possessed. Crazy. What's up? That was pretty cool. As is, I mean, the axe and the... You know, I'm not even sure I'm in the right tuning. Brother of Steel. I am in love with this movie. I'm going to say it's rather bad. It's one of my favourites. Um, and it's a movie that I don't think... I think gets enough... Gets love, but I don't think a lot of people know it exists. So the people who know it... Mm. Love it. And people who have no idea about it think you're making it up when you describe it. Yeah. Because there's a lot going on when you describe it. Because the thing is, you'd have to mention lots of bits to describe it as a whole. Like, it's, And then if you listed those bits, they'd be thinking, what? Is this like an entire movie? It's just, it's got all these things in it. Like, it sounds insane. Yeah. It sounds like the ramblings of a crazy person. Like, uh, the video for the Trashometer should be out by now. And we went we went bullet pointing thrash through about 10 points. And they're all insane. Like, they're, like just mentioning the idea, like, there's battling dildos in it. That's the first time i've ever thought i would ever say that in public <laughs> like on a video and look look I, and, and, and i am a teacher so now that is uh, that is evidence on the internet that i have said battling dildos on that now also on on air like on like on audio so dildos are now now people know how i say dildos <laughs> you just like saying it now you're it's saying a fun it. word to say now you say it all the time it's like ooh, it's like being naughty ooh, now. i'm gonna say dildos more often now <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna say I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna call someone a dildo now like i'm gonna insult someone like you fucking dildo <laughs> it's fucking great but yeah, if people are wondering what the heck Deathgasm is and why I'm why I'm literally jerking off for it, well, there's a reason for that. Deathgasm is a 2015 flick, right? And it is from New Zealand, which I always find quite fun as well. Um, it's just a movie about heavy metal. It's a movie about uh, it's a movie about uh, you know coming of age, but it's also a movie about demon tits and a movie about the apocalypse and a movie about gore and a movie that is juvenile as heck it is not a clever movie because the humor is fucking juvenile as shit Mm. but it is a whale of a fun time 
I, I mean, it's not trying to be intelligent, though, is it? Yeah. yeah. It's not trying to be. It is just a movie that is just... It's just enjoying itself. Mm. And do you know what I mean? It's rare you get a trashy movie that is enjoying itself, but also being a little... A, it's a little tongue-in-cheek, but I don't think it's fully tongue-in-cheek. I think it's more like a loving tribute to heavy metal. Yeah. And... That's hard because heavy metal in many trashy movies, like like you know, uh, like, like didn't we just see that clip from Rock and Roll Nightmare, for example, right? <laughs> that you watch that, and that's heavy metal trying to be taken sincere, but it's become its own parody. Yeah. yeah, this is a pure tribute to when you were like 17, 18, you discovered heavy metal, you realized that Megadeth is your jam, and you just wanted to be this is how you want to live your life. You want to wear leather, you want to wear you, you, you want to you want to be anti establishment, you want you, you want to wear corpse paint, you want to do all this bullshit. You want to drink and smoke and have sex and have all the fun shit as a teenager. It's proper teenage angst. Right. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna go. We're gonna break into what is Deathgasm, how it got made, and what and like what is deal? What is it? Well, it's like we mentioned, a 2015 sort of a uh, horror comedy uh, based in New Zealand, which is instantly I'm in love with the Kiwis. I love mm. the Kiwis. I love New Zealand um, in terms of not just because of its look, but just this communal atmosphere and just the humor is just on point. You know, you know, yeah. they kind of, they know comedy. I think generally they are like a missing breed of comedy. I really like Flight of the Concords. Remember that? That's oh, I love Zealand, that show. New Zealand humour, like, it's just, that was, that was really, really funny. Oh, how about, uh, have you seen the new season, have you seen the TV series of what, uh, what they do in the shadows? No, not the TV, I've only, I've only seen the movie. But the movie's great. Yeah. It's, uh, and that's the kind of humour I like, mm. because it's dry, but it's also, it's dry and it's sarcastic, but it's not entirely clever, but it, it knows it, and it runs with it, and you know, you know what, well, fuck it, it's funny. Mm. It, when something's funny, it's funny, and they kind of got that, and it's, this movie summed up in spades, but with your love of heavy metal. Popular pie plant, pictured here. The director genuinely said this. A director whose name is... I'm looking for the name in a minute. Is Jason Lee ha- is Hoden. Jason Lee Hoden, right? Yeah. Great guy. Seems seems to be fun. All that kind of stuff. He didn't entirely confirm this, but he did say, and this is something we want to talk about later on in the thing, is that the movie concept was based off the first Evil Dead movie. And yeah. you can really feel that when you watch it. Oh, definitely. Both movies are about teenagers who unknowingly summon demons and then both have to fight to survive and figure out the way to reverse the spell from the object that they were released in. Yeah. It's basically Ash summons demons from the Necronomicon, uh, Brody summons demons from the Black Hymn. Yeah. Right? And it's not just that, that, that the story in terms of, like... Some of the a lot of the visuals are very Evil Dead as well. Like the demons look like the Evil Dead, like demons. Oh, they act like them as well. Do you and, know, like they, when? Do you know, like when they raise up and they're acting very? Stiff? Yeah, and there's a bit where there's something in a box and it's kind of rattling, and it's like the trapdoor rattling in Evil Dead, isn't it? It's like, yeah. and then it kind of goes into it like that. Like the camera kind of goes closer to it like that. Oh, 100%. And, and it's like that. That's kind of a definite homage to Evil Dead. Like, I think it's basically their the movie is Evil Dead, basically. Yeah. It's just an Evil Dead... This is, what you, this is how you do a remake, per se, right? Not a remake. Not You wouldn't call it Evil Dead, but this is how you pay proper homage to a movie. Yeah. I think it, is, it does it well. It might be a little too on the nose because all, because all the zombies are basically deadites. 
They're all dead. Yeah. yeah. Because they even like raise up and go like the whole stiff movement and the whole and everything else. But So is it is it doing it too much that the fact that it's like is it like it's ripping it off or is it just homage? Do you think? I think it's more homage because yeah. because it's so deep in heavy metal lore more than anything else. Mm. I think it's paying more of an homage to heavy metal than it mm. is Evil Dead. It just happens that they just they just work stupidly well. Yeah. Right? The production was originally just sort of pitched. Now, what I mean by that is, it was really just an idea, um, and how and, and Hoden took inspiration from his teenage years, in which he was a social outcast and a fan of heavy metal. You can see that he's got a little bit of personal touch in this movie. Yeah, I don't think you'd be able to like make a movie like this if you hadn't experienced some of that stuff yourself. Mm. And if you weren't a fan of heavy metal. Yeah. Because this is like a good representation of what a metaler is like like properly like, yeah because it's not it's it's not cartoonish or parody like you see in other b movies it feels kind of real yeah and, and, that, and they you know if you were a metaler you were an outcast and a lot of people in like school or college or whatever weren't like interested in what you were doing and saw you as like someone to pick on or whatever yeah yeah because you were a bit you were a bit of more of an open target because you mm. like metal but it's that's the thing it's weird because metal is to me a very sort of macho heavy masculine sort of dominating kind of subculture right but everyone wants to poke fun of it yeah it's very it's really weird so he wrote the idea and he wrote the idea and, and got the film and made a short film out of this thing um and the movie then won the 2000 the idea and all that won the 2013 make my horror movie contest it won the money to make the movie so basically this is a competition win yeah which I actually really like. I think it's showing that it's from humble beginnings. Yeah. It's not like someone pitched it to a studio and did it. No, it went for a competition. It got a little money. Um, but then the executive producer, which is Ann Timpson, cited, cited Howden's sheer enthusiasm and utter contentment as to why it won. It's the idea that he, you can see that he was so in love with this idea. Yeah. That it had to be made. That's passion. That is actually a real confidence boost for filmmakers out there. That if you really, really, really love an idea and you are so passionate about it, you should just go for it. Because it's difficult, isn't it? Like with with for sure, films in general, when you're pitching, you kind of think, think that you should do something that's on trend or like mm. something that's kind of like, you know, people, you know, is commercial in some way, like yeah. in order to be like, yeah, the people, because you're always thinking about like stuff that will sell, aren't you, with movies? Oh, totally. And and yet, you know, sometimes something off the wall can just catch someone's eye and think, this is so great, you know, like this movie. <laughs> Here's one thing I kind of love. It's like, this is a rumour. And I think it's, I'm, I'm not sure if this was something that's seeded or not. And this would totally fall under the heavy metal vibe a bit, right? It says, there are rumours, and maybe we should try this one day, that if you play the um, Deathgasm muted, right, and play Iron Maiden's Live After Death simultaneously, it syncs up due to precise editing. The filmmakers have not yet commented. <laughs> I'd love it, right, if that was a thing. And if we, if he did that, it would like look, it would look amazing. What? So they're saying like it would sync in terms of like the editing. So like it would look like a long music video. Yes. Yeah. To that song. Exactly. 
which I'm well, well you know the whole album by Sound of Things yeah, uh, sorry, live, yeah, live yeah. after death which is which I'm not sure if that's a legit thing or not but I think you know that you know they're playing on the whole like oh if you watch uh, Wizard the Wizard of Oz but play like Pink Floyd that it syncs up perfectly I think they're running on that kind of logic have you ever tried that the uh, Pink Floyd Wizard of Oz thing no I mean, does that actually work? Yeah, I haven't tried it, but I want to try it. I've got, I've got Dark Side of the Moon. I've Do you got have Wizard Wiz- of Oz. I haven't got Wizard of Oz. God but- damn it! We could have done this. T- we could have done this tonight. <laughs> oh man! I've got Return to Oz, which is badass. I love Return to Oz, but it's totally not the same thing. Which basically, it feels like it's just fueling. This whole movie is just fueling on all like the heavy metal rumors and fun things about heavy metal and yeah. the stuff where you believe it or not or whatever. And I fucking love that. Okay, the movie it's the movie got quite a good reception actually. It went through. It started off in the in the festival circuit, mm. so it started on the festival circuit. Did really well. Like it won best feature film in like the Toronto After Dark Film Festival. You know the Knox Film Horror Film Festival. The, you know you can see that it's got this accolade. Right. So this is interesting, right? Because we're doing it on the trash tapes, and yet this is a film that's done well. In... I know. This is the first. So that's interesting because, like, people would normally think with this podcast that we look at terrible movies. Mm. A terrible movie doesn't. A, a trashy movie isn't always like like a, a really bad. really bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad movie. It's not always trash. Mm. Okay, it's it's weird with trash. I mean, there's a reason why this. It's a good movie. Like, it's a legitimately good film. I would totally recommend this one hundred percent. But the reason why this movie falls under trash is because of its content. Yeah, it's produced well, and it's got this sort of humor that is enjoyable. It's got a great production value despite its budget, you know. But it's about heavy metal and Satan and boobs. And gore. And people fighting with dildos. Exactly. Which we're going to definitely get to. At the current moment, is reported on Rotten Tomatoes. It's about 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, people are giving it praise. The movie overall has got like a 6.5 out of 10. Like, overall. So there are people who don't like the movie, but I can totally understand why. Because it's got... Again, Satan and heavy metal and boobs and gore and and so much gore. Like so you could you, you could say gore about three times. Gore, gore, gore. It's 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 like Candyman at this point. You know, I can say gore three times in a mirror, and then Deathgasm, the DVD of Geth Deathgasm, will be thrown into my face. There's loads. There are some things that will that uh, some reviews are say. I'm going to say what they say right now. Uh, one of my favorite one is Deathgasm plums literally plums the blood splattered depths of a grind house gore with enough giddy glee and satisfying genre enthusiasts look uh, how can be thrilled for and it's true if you like horror movies that are ridiculous this is totally up your bag a little bit like how evil dead works uh you've then also got things like shamelessly lowbrow reaching a beer-fueled gleeful high as a zombie versus sex toys battle it is a very metal tribute to the grand tradition of ki- of kiwi splatter comedies which is true this is following the same trend of things like Peter Jackson and so on and so forth with things like Bad Taste and Brain Black Dead. Sheep and Brain Dead and yeah. all these kind of all these movies from New Zealand with just the weirdest splatter gore. However, and this is the thing that it's been said at the minute, there's rumours for a sequel. Really? There's rumours for a sequel. Okay. I don't know how, but 
there'll be a sequel. Okay, the sequel, the title was called Deathgasm 2 Gormageddon. <laughs> what yes. a title. Was revealed apparently the idea for it was revealed in December 2015 to be in production. On the topic of it, he said there's literally more gore in the first 10 minutes than the entire movie combined. Right? He what? mentioned this, right? In the entire first movie combined. That sounds insane, right? How in the first 10 minutes are you gonna have that much gore? Because there's a lot of gore in this movie, right? If you can't like the first one, this will make your head implode. Uh but the only problem is, um, there's been no news since that announcement. Right. I feel a little disappointed by that. I feel like maybe they got the script going, but it never got off the ground. No, that 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 does sound like what's happened. It sounds like they were on a high from the first movie, and yeah. it all seemed positive like they could get a second one, so they started writing it, and maybe they couldn't get it off the ground. That's a shame. Know. It is a shame. The thing is, though... That isn't necessarily gore that makes the movie better than the other one. Exactly. Or or continues, like, you don't have to better it with gore. You just have to make another good movie. Like You just put gore in it, but don't expect the the ten minutes. Wow. It's insane. It's like, if you peak too early like that, what are you going to do with the rest of the movie? My question is, how do you top it? It's it's like, do you remember when we reviewed Hobo with a shotgun? Yeah. And how the very first gory death with the whole, like, car head being pulled, like, in the fucking thing, was so tremendous. And then you constantly watch the movie thinking, how the fuck is it going to top it? The movie did top itself, like, several times. But you know where I'm coming from? It's like, that's very high standard. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it struggled, but... But the thing is, if you have that much amount of gore, yeah, it's kind of like exhausting. Yeah. So it's like Hobo the Shotgun did manage to top itself gore wise throughout the entire movie, but at the same time, you were kind of like, "Oh fucking hell, I'm fed up with gore now." By the end. Uh, let's break this down. Let's actually go right into the movie a little bit. Let's break down the synopsis a bit better because we had a little talk about it. Mm. Uh, you want to pass me the DVD? If anyone buys a DVD, there's some brilliantly cool little artwork on the DVD cover. Um, a big fan of a big fan of the artwork. It basically the artwork overall. There's loads of gra- motion graphics in the movie. Loads of graphic design stuff that reminds you of when you're a teenager and you're like doodling in your notepad. Yeah. And you decide to draw like you know some kind of like satanic symbol on it just because you can. Like here's a pentagram because you can, or loads of penises because of course you can. Sort of boobs or like yeah. Randomly, I used to draw ninjas a lot. So ninjas, ninjas boobs, cocks. <laughs> Can someone explain to me why cocks, we, we always used to draw cocks? Is it because it was just the easiest thing we could yeah, draw? Yeah, they're really easy to draw, aren't they? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you sit there and go, like, we really shouldn't be drawing this, but we fucking do. And on top of that, we're very proud of them, even when we put detail in. Do you know when you, like, you, when you see a guy, he draws a penis, but he draws one with a bit of a vein on it or got extra pubes on his balls? A bit thinking, of shading. Yes, the shading. And you're sitting there going, like, well done. And you're thinking, wow, that's effort. <laughs> fucking ace. <laughs> it's just... So yeah, it's just like too much. Yeah, too much detail. Too much detail. So that's the kind of design that's on here. It, the the loads of stuff in the movie that has that kind of look to it. Not just penises, but uh, t- although there's actually quite a lot of dick in this movie if you think about it. Like those full frontal and dildos. But um, anyway, back to the point. Um, so I'm going to show you. I'm going to. I'm get the DVD. I've got the back. I'm going to describe the plot as a whole. And then yeah. we're going to talk about our favourite scenes. Yeah. Because there's quite a few scenes in the movie, but there's definitely enough we could break down. So, 
<clears throat> Let me put on my uh, narrator voice. Excuse me for a second. <clears throat> Metal Thrashing Brody is an outcast in a sea of jocks and cheerleaders until he meets a kindred spirit by a fellow metalhead, Zack. Can, can I just say, Zack's not a very metal name. I guess not. If you think of, like, Zack, Zack sounds like some sounds like one of the jocks that would beat you up out of well, school. Well, Zack reminds me of Zack Morris from Saved by the Bell. And he was not... Uh, well, he wasn't a jock, but he was, like, a bit sort of, like, just an average cool kid, wasn't he? Like, he, he looked like a everyday kind of cool kid, like... <laughs> but I get what you mean. Like, he sound, it's, it's like the cool kid, but without putting any effort. You know mm. what I mean? It's not like a jock or something cool or, like, in a gang or anything. It's just there. So yeah, Zach, not Zach Morris, although whatever, right? After starting their own band called Deathgasm, right? They find a mysterious piece of sheet music that's said to grant ultimate power. I'm writing that because it's in capital letters. You see that? It's got capital letters. Ultimate power is in capital letters. It's like when they say they want the name of the band to be Deathgasm, all in caps. Is it, yeah, it says. Deathgasm, all in capital letters, lowercase of the pussies. <laughs> what a, what a line. Zach played bass, so we started a band. Right, first things first, what are we called? Uh, murder boner? Toothed vagina. Oh, maggot spoon. Cannibal unicorn. How about like 13 S's, you know, like... Got it, got it. Deathgasm. All spelt in capitals. Lowercases for pussies. What? I'm just mixing it up. I fucking said... But when the music also summons an ancient evil, it's up to Brody, Zack, and their fr- and their group of friends to stop a force of pure evil from devouring all of mankind. Featuring an awesome original soundtrack of fist-banging metal, Deathgasm will gush bl- bodily fluids, rain limbs, and tickle your funny bone. I love how it's like, like two really harsh like descriptions, and also it will tickle your funny bone. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love it. I love, I love that. That's the description of the back. I'm actually a big fan of that. I think it sums up the movie perfectly. It is about a bunch of youths who are outcasts and are wanting to do, and want to do better. Especially when you're in metal and you feel like you're getting beaten up and no one understands you. You wish everyone's had those weird power fantasies. I think where they're like, I wish I was powerful enough to beat up my bully, or or I wish I could do this, whatever, right? But imagine if you found a sheet of music that could fucking do that. Yeah. But also summon the apocalypse. You know, ever since... Now, I wasn't thinking it when we were watching the movie, but because I've now mentioned Zack from Saved by the Bell, I'm just thinking of Zack from Saved by the Bell all the time. And I looked... I saw her on Instagram lately. Yeah. I saw, like, you know, then and now. Yeah. And, like, Zack Morris from Saved by the Bell... He looks old now, but yeah. he was next to AC, the guy who played AC Slater. AC Slater, he looks the same. He looks- I've seen that picture. He just, he's not aged. What's, I have uh, seen what's that picture. <laughs> I've seen that picture. I'm thinking, what the hell? Slater has sold his soul to the devil. That's why. He, he's, he's, he works with the devil. Yeah. Speaking connected to this bullshit, right? Yeah. 
But yeah, so let's break this down a little bit more. So let's actually let's talk let's talk primarily about the gore first. And we have to talk about the gore first. Because I feel like it I think it's predominantly, other than the heavy metal itself, it is its main selling point. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, it's it's like something like, you know, like a a brain dead. Yes. So the gore really comes towards like the you know like the uh, climax of the movie so it's kind of like it, all of a sudden it starts going like i'm going to show you gore now then it's going to be like boof, 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 and it's going to amp up towards the end yeah um, and i think as well like when we say gore there's two kinds of gore i think uh one which is realistic gore which is like torture like when you cut something and it feels like really real when you cut off a hand and it looks like it's real you know what i mean and then there's comedy gore yeah, like Evil Dead type gore. Like Evil Dead, where where you watch like watch Evil Dead Two. The kind of gore you watch in Evil Dead Two is ridiculous. You know, you know he chops up his own hand. Yeah, but it's almost done for. It's done for a punchline. It's done to be funny. Yeah. I think that what this movie does in spades because, oh my god, what's your favorite? What is one of your favorite gore scenes in the movie? I do, I, I do like the chainsaw bit. I mean, I mentioned it like briefly earlier. Yeah, but there's just like that's a definite homage to uh, Evil Dead. But mm. it, the only reason is like it hasn't got the cha- chainsaws attached to him, but he's got. I think one's a normal full size chainsaw, and it's like a mini chainsaw. Yeah, it's a it? micro chainsaw. Yeah, and he's just got what is his Zach, isn't it? He's yeah. got one in each hand, and he's just battling the uh, the the demons. Yeah. And just like there's just so much soaring of, of demons that are going on left, right, and center, isn't it? I mean, like, wasn't there one at the end of that where he's where there's one guy who I think it's like the um, one of the bullies, isn't he? And it turns into a deadite kind of thing, and so he just chops off his arm, one arm, then chops off another arm, then chops off his head, then chops off his torso. I know he's just he's just a standing pair of legs by the end of it. <laughs> and isn't that that scene is the say the scene that's got the bit where the um. The the bully that's the, the cousin that's been bullying the, the main character. Yeah. Doesn't he come in at the end? Yeah, you know, he comes he comes at the end of the other fight scene, which we'll talk about. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, and he comes in. He's perfectly normal. He's not a dead eye. And Brody just chops off the top of his head. And I love the joke at the end of it, because Brody then goes like, um, like, uh, doesn't Brody go and say, like, exactly? Oh, oh he's de- he was definitely a zombie. It's like, uh, yeah, it's definitely a zombie. It's like, no, he wasn't possessed. And it's like, yeah, he totally was. He was talking about Satan. <laughs> I love it. That's the kind of Kiwi humor I like. That's the kind of humor I'm into. Right. Yeah. Uh, now they're going back home. I, I love that the crucifix is now upside down. Yeah. I fucking. Whoa! <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Just drink it, <laughs> here. How will you not notice? <laughs> well, it's great. Is he, he noticed, but then had a swing. No, 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 swing. He needs to. He needs to finish off his booze. Are you willing to kill your? Uh, you willing to kill your auntie? Yeah, very easily. When they're a demon, yeah. Oh! Oh! It's so close! Oh, it's really close. I'm gonna eat your soul! I'm gonna eat your soul! 
I swallow your soul, I swallow your soul. Yeah! Yes! Oh, that's... Oh, that's totally penetrated. Oh, no. Yeah! Look at those guts! She's still moving! Well, it's, it's just a zombie, isn't she? You have to, you have to destroy the head, yeah? It's totally, you gotta, you, you know, it's the whole zombie rules. You gotta destroy, you gotta destroy the head. Like, Shoot him in the brain! Like, or chop it off or something. Is that a rampant rabbit? Oh my god. You... <laughs> oh! Is that what you call a double penetration? <laughs> D D D D D D Now we know D D is new nickname for double penetration. If you say so, if a girl goes and asks you, I want to play some D D, she wants two people in them. It's like dick and dick, dick, dick and more dick. What the fuck? He just killed him, and he's not even a zombie. You know what? He was a dick, though. That's like the Simpsons gag. Like, yeah. you shot, you shot not zombie no, Ned. No, he was a zombie. No, he was a zombie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. My favorite one, my favorite gore scene is is one of the first ones. I think it's because again, it really falls more on the funny rather than being gory, and I think that's what this movie does well. It uses gore not to horrify you, but to laugh. Because yeah. it's done ridiculously. So the the so basically the music is being held by this um by this former like sort of death metal rocker called uh Daggers. His nickname's Daggers, right? Yeah. So he's like the lead singer of this sort of crazy like like metal band that that formed that fell into satism because he has some sheet music. So this cult send this guy over to kill him off, and they do kill him off, but they have no sheets. So the so the guy who's so the assassin comes back to the head of the cult, and this entire scene is amazing. And I think you know what I'm talking about, yeah? Like, yeah, definitely. So, so he, he goes in, he sits, and he kneels down, and he goes and said like, "Yeah, I went to Dagger's house. The the music, the black hymn." was not there. I think someone got there before us, right? And then these two samurai guys out of nowhere just come out from the back and just chop off his head. And it's not the head chopping that's funny. It's the reaction from the cult leader. It says like, God damn it, you've got blood all over the carpet. Put a top down. Yeah, there's a rug, isn't there? Yeah, and he's yeah. like, this is, this is a new, a very expensive new rug. <laughs> hey, on. The pages. Black him. Maiden. Pages are just paper. Black him has absolute power. Please. Give her the reverence it deserves. Daggers didn't have it. The black him. I think someone got to it before us. Oh. That's a shame. There was a break in. The pages should be in grey point somewhere. I just need more time. Winners 
Don't make excuses for their failures, Vaden. They learn from them. No, please. Take his fucking head off. Go. Oh, come on. That's a custom-made Satori rug, idiots. You put a tarp down first. Do it again. Again! Do it again! So the, so the two guys, bless them, they put a tarp down. <laughs> I'm gonna like try and like get the audience to like picture what these guys look like. They kind of look. You may, if, if anyone's ever seen like eyes wide shut, yes, like robes and like weird masks, like like head masks, like yeah. that, that, these guys come in. They look kind of epic like that, but they're kind of like just servants to this guy, to this guy who just looks like a regular schmuck, but yeah. he's apparently the head of this cult. And then and then one of them holds the other guy's head like holds the dead guy's head, tries to attach it back to his neck while the other guy gets a blue tarp <laughs> to put underneath him and then, then the guy gets a sword and just taps it so it looks like he chopped off his head. And then Lee, the, the, the main guy is yeah. quite happy with that then. He's like, yeah, that was all right. I'll do. <laughs> but then there's another punchline with that, uh, that at the end of it, he realises he's getting a blowjob this entire time. And I'm thinking, well fucking done. <laughs> so what What's so great about that, though, is the fact that, like, he, he is getting a blowjob the entire time because that's revealed. But he's not... Act like emoted, like he's having a blowjob the entire time. So it's just for the sake of it, it's just because he can. Yes, it doesn't, it, it doesn't look like he's even enjoy it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you think that if if he was, you think now and again he would have like like sort of flinched or kind of like gone like that or something yeah. like. But no, at no point does he act like he's getting pleasured by anything. So it's just because he can, he's just having that happen. But it might not even be happening properly, you know, like... <laughs> he might just not be getting it up. Yeah. Because the moment his blowjob's happening, this motherfucker comes in, tells him he doesn't get his black him. Instant boner killer, you know. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Now, nothing, then the, the next thing I want to kind of throw out is obviously there's loads of gore, but one of the things that we mentioned throughout the whole thing is that it's very much like Evil Dead. 
And even the director admits it. It's like Evil Dead. So I want to talk about the movie a little bit, like how close or how good is it to being an Evil Dead movie? Like, could this technically work as an Evil Dead movie? I suppose it could be. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that it's not, like, close enough for it to be, like, classed as an Evil Dead movie, I yeah. don't think. I think it's just, you can just see some homages, yeah. like, here and there. There are uh, some but, but the all all the the demons yeah. like the, uh, they are like deadites they are to the point of do you remember that um that fortune teller that when she gets when when, yeah. when when her heart by the way just describe it her heart gets pulled out of her chest from the back and gets eaten right this is how metal it is right and then she gets up eyes pure white just like a deadite yeah um i I think the movie has enough that if you changed a few things slightly, it would totally have worked as an Evil Dead movie. Yeah, I mean, it's also like... Um, uh, we're talking about uh, Drag Me to Hell. Drag Me to Hell, yeah. yeah. That's the one I was thinking of. It's, it's, it has that vibe as well, because it's like... It's, it's just that the, the demons are similar in that as well. It's a little bit like it, this could be a little bit in an Evil Dead universe. Like, yeah. if there was a universe, it would fall under this very well. Yeah. The the best part that sums it up is when they're actually playing the Black Hymn. Like, the first time around. The first time they're playing the Black Hymn, it's kind of badass, because when they're playing the Black Hymn, all um, the, uh, you know, the, the band's playing it, Deathgasm are playing it, and they're in a trance. And when they're in a trance, they're just like... It, they're kind of like when they're playing the recording and reading out the book of the Necronomicon the first time. Yeah. You know? And Having said that, in terms of, like, thinking about... Uh, how it relates to like Evil Dead, it, it kind of did remind me a bit of the Evil Dead TV series. Like oh, with Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah, because mm. it. I think it could be part of that universe, you know, as well. Because it's like it's got a lot of like like for example, if they if they had a random episode about metal, yeah, like that, it would work. It, it, would, totally it wouldn't fit. be out of place, would it? You know, it wouldn't be out of place to see Ash walk in and realize that a bunch of teenage. Teenage heavy metalers have summoned a summoned a demon. Yeah, it would totally make sense. Mm. Ash, if Ash walked into this movie, we would not be surprised. Have you have you ever been in a heavy metal band? No, just just talked about it. You, you never. You just talk. You just dreamed of being. Well, no, it's like the thing is in school, we were all sort of learning instruments. Yeah, and like. As we were learning, thinking, well, this has got to progress somewhere. We're going to be in a band. So let's talk about the band that we're going to be in. And at one point, this is like, this is going to make you laugh. One point, we even talked about it being in a band called Dragon Slayer, right? Dragon Slayer? What a name! (laughs) Such a, like, cheesy fantasy name. Fucking love it. And like, yeah, yeah, we quickly, as soon as anyone in the class kind of like cottoned on to, we might have a band, we might making a band called Dragon Slayer. And people were like giggling about it. Like, that's shit. Oh, so shit, Dragon Slayer, what the hell? As soon as like that, of course, as soon as we heard that, we changed it immediately. Like, but the thing was, 
it was like it never really came about. It was just always about thinking about names, and that that's just a classic thing that you do in, when you in youth, isn't it? You think about the name of the band is the most important thing, and that's the thing they do at the beginning when they make their band, don't they? They say like they don't even know if they know how to play the instruments well. They just say like, right, first things first, we need a name. I always find finding band names very difficult. I was in a couple of heavy metal bands. Mm. Um, I don't. I, I don't think you knew me around this time, but I was no. in a heavy metal band when I was in Derby for the very for the first few years. I used to, and we used to knew, and I met a guy called Linus, right? And he was a heavy me- and he was a guitarist, and he started his own band. And the name is terrible. It didn't last very long. I was kicked out after three gigs because I quote, and I and I'm going to quote this from him: "I'm not metal enough." <laughs> who was the lead guitarist and he was really good at guitar admittedly he was very good at guitar but he said I quote I wasn't metal enough because I was the lead singer but do you want to name do you want to know the, the, the name of the band I do Metaloid Metaloid <laughs> what a name ladies and gentlemen I was in a band called Metaloid and it was garbage but um, I but I but I did gig for I did, I did do like three gigs with them and I was very happy with them I was very happy with it I kind of liked the the persona of being in, in front of a stage and having that thing and I thought to myself like I wasn't sure if I was doing it very well or not but I sat there going like fuck I'm living the dream yeah I'm doing it man I'm doing it I'm doing the heavy re- metal rock star dream right I'm watching this movie kind of reminded me of that a little bit mm. those those really good rock and heavy metal moments what's great though about this movie is that they like in like in school like I was talking about they never get to that stage they're just literally practicing thinking about what they're called thinking they're so metal but they never actually perform it to like, anyone yeah like they only just play in their in, in their in the garage, garage. That's good. Um, Brody, can you put your foot up on that tree? Yep, but, but higher. Higher. This is retarded. Our, our instruments aren't even plugged in. Where the fuck is the sound going to be coming from? Trust me, this is going to be off the hook. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, let's, let's head to the next location. Fuck you, Dale. The music video where Deathgasm's playing in the woods with face paint on is a reference to a well-known but pretty bad music video called Call of the Winter Moon by Immortal. Ah. So perhaps, after all this, we should watch it and see how bad it is. See if it's yeah. literally just as bad as we think it is. So it's just them in the woods going, Bleh, or whatever. They're quite a famous death metal band. Immortal, they? yeah. yeah. Mm. All are very, very famous. They're huge. Mm. But clearly, maybe they had no budget for their music video. <laughs> We have to talk about the dildo fight. Yeah. We have to talk about the dildo fight. So we need to add a bit of context to this first. So do you want to add a bit of context to it? Do you want to explain the scene a little bit? You have to explain it in some capacity as why in the god hell they have dildos in the first place. So what the... The way it comes about is that they go to... Uh, what's the main character's called? Uh, Brody. Brody, right. They go to... They end up in his house, don't mm. they? Mm. And uh, this, he's in, like... He's he, he's staying with, like, very, like, Christian 
kind of family, isn't he? You know, yeah, because like... his, his, his auntie and uncle are literally, and I'm going to quote the movie, my uncle Albert is balls deep into Jesus. Yeah. And that they end up in, like, their, their the auntie and uncle's bedroom. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's what's so great about it is, like, uh, the Zach character is like rooting around and stuff, and he and he finds this stuff, and it's so surprising that he finds like a a massive dildo <laughs> and anal beads in this room because they're really strict kind of like Christians, and that's just like the 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 main sort of point of the humor of this scene because yeah. it's like they're meant to be super Christians, and yet all this stuff is like in their bedroom. They're into kinky shit. <laughs> shit, we need armor. Did your uncle have a gun? I doubt it, man! Fuck! Bet there are some crosses in here. Some bibles we can bash them with. What the hell? Uh, I think they're, um, they're rosary beads. Yeah. <laughs> what part of church do they bring this bad boy, Brody? <laughs> oh, great. What? Oh, fuck! <laughs> Why would you do that? What I love about this scene is, like, they think that that would be uh, a great weapon to to wield. And, like, I think that this scene's only good, like, only, like... It's it's really funny that they end up using those weapons, but in reality, if you're trying to use a dildo as a weapon... Yes. Especially a massive floppy one like they've got. Big as the big floppy dick. How would it really harm anyone? It's so weird. Well, it's weird though. It's like the anal beads are kind of like nunchucks. Yeah, he used them like... It's like Bruce Lee doing that shit, right? But the best part of that sequence is when the... How the auntie dies. Because the auntie... Well, the auntie gets two vibrators into the skull. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I thought each I would... ear. In each ear, gay basically skull fucked. <laughs> and I have no idea how to even say that in a, with a straight face. But yeah, that happens. Let's talk about the characters a little bit. And I want to talk about who is your favourite and why. I kind of like Zach. Even mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's a bit of a douche at times, but yeah. he's just so fucking metal. He's so metal. Yeah. If you thing is, do you know to the point that he's so metal, you're slightly intimidated. Yeah, like he's walking around with the coolest leather jacket with like all the studs. How many studs? And he's kind of got like that evil expression, a bit like you know the painting in Ghostbusters Two. Yes, he kind of looks that moody all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's brilliant. Oh, he, What's his name again? I can't remember the name of the guy in the painting. I can't remember. Who cares? He's Zach now. <laughs> he's Zach. Because he's not like a bully or anything. No, he's, he's he, a dick, though. He's like, he's the kind of, you kind of want to be like him, especially if you're like a metal kid like Brody is. Yeah. You kind of see this guy and he's like, oh my God, that guy's even more metal than me. I want to be like that guy. Yes, he's the yeah. guy you want to look up to, even though mm. he's not the ideal guy to ever look up to. No, not... But he obviously finds that out later that he's not... He's a bit of a questionable character, but, like, in terms of... To begin with, 
yeah. he's someone to look up to. Yeah. yeah. But I think the reason why Zach does some of the stuff is because I think he wants... I'm not sure because he's selfish entirely. I think there's a little bit of an undertone with him. I think he kind of wants Brody to himself. That makes sense. Mm. He's worried that if anyone kind of comes into Brody's life, that because these two have now become blood brothers, they literally have a blood pact, which is awesome. Um, that if anyone else comes into life, he, they're going to take him away. So he does some dickish things to keep Brody. Mm. Even though he still has to act like this cool ass, I don't give a flying fuck exterior. So I think that's kind of the reason for it. Although. Some of the dick moves are real dick moves. No, hey, we won't cool. reveal too much, because if you want to watch the movie, you can check it out. You'll find out, but yeah. it's done some dick moves. Right. My favourite character, actually, is the girlfriend. I love Medina. Medina is amazing. She's got a great arc, actually. She's got one of the most, like, sort of transitional arcs. Yes, uh, so Medina is basically originally starts as the um, as the girlfriend of David, who is the other cousin of Brody, mm. who is the big fucking asshole douchebag bully, right? Yeah. But eventually, Medina starts liking Brody a bit, and Medina starts being more curious about Brody, right? Mm. I want you know, and actually ask him, it's like, what is heavy metal? Um, my, my one, one of the funniest scenes in the movie is where you've got Brody covered in corpse paint and in all the studs and then you've got this cute little cheerleader girl you know innocent wearing like pastel colours <laughs> right next to each other on a bench eating ice cream <laughs> so great and talking about it's metal. really really sweet that scene it is it's actually kind of sweet because Brody's opening up to Medina by that point like he's talking a little bit about how metal is important to him. Yeah. And to be honest, watch the scene, watching the scene, I get it. You know, I was, I was thinking about getting a tattoo. It would drive my dad crazy. <laughs> I should get you to design it. Maybe that's lame. No, of course. I mean, of course, I would help you design it. Not, of course, I think it's lame. Okay. You know, I was thinking about getting it just... um. Yes. Good spot for it? Or, or maybe here on my upper thigh. Y- yeah, yes. Both great areas, places, and hard decision. So you're in a band? Yeah, I, um, I play uh, the guitar. I mean, axe. Um, do, you, do you like metal? Um, I don't really get it. It's like when life sucks. And, and you feel alone and empty. Stick on some metal and life is better because, because somebody else knows the pain and, and the rage that you're going through, you know? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll lend you a CD. You should, you should have, a, have a listen. Uh, It's about, if you like, the reason why most people like metal, I think, and it's true, the movie says, it's because if you're really angry or you're very upset, 
it's nice when you hear an, a, a mus- music that helps represent that. So he gives her an album and says, listen to it. I love it. One of my favorite scenes of that is like she's walking down, listening to a Walkman. Who still has Walkmans nowadays? Dis- discman. The discman. Literally a discman. Who has a discman nowadays? I think it's set like in the. Is it set in the nineties? It, it doesn't be. feel it. To be fair, if it was supposed to be in the nineties, doesn't feel it. Well, if if it is though, I mean, why has she still got a personal CD player? No one has them anymore. That, that's my own. That's my only gist. I think it's own. I think it's the, literally the only excuse so that he could. So they can listen to a CD because because it, it's not because nowadays it'd be more like oh let me just go on your Spotify I'll give you a, give you a couple of tracks on a playlist it, it's not as sexy it's not as attractive isn't it it's not as romantic as giving someone a CD oh god I I loved my Sony Discman yeah I bet you did I had I had one and didn't have any like you know like I had one of the early ones didn't have any of like the anti jog type stuff so if so you you couldn't run if you were running or like it would just skip but it was such a great cd player at the time i really loved it and like i i remember so much about it i even remember how much it cost really how was much it cost? 89.99 oh when though when what the, when was this that must have been when when they were like sort of new like, so like in the mid 90s yeah i would have thought so fucking hell that's that, that was pricey I, I remember i remember my disman as well i mean I suppose they weren't new then, but CD wasn't new. I mean, CD was new in the 80s, but no one was really having them then. Like, it's it was the like, 90, it, 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 they really went full force from the 90s. Yeah. It's like, everything's going to be on CDs now. <laughs> right? And now no one uses CD anymore. In fact, vinyl's back. And another thing I want to throw very quickly before I talk about the scene um, is this movie's basically a lover of vinyl. Yeah. Because there's scenes in the record shop and there's moments of people just playing vinyls and talk about vinyl records. So if you like vinyl, this movie's perfect. And the most... And they're like the the Holy Grail like album... Yeah, the... That Hax- Daggers has. Yeah, the Haxed and Sword. Is a vinyl. Is a vinyl. Yeah. With the notes in it. It's That's the kind of stuff. Because it was only 666 made. Yeah. So metal. <laughs> This is one of my favorite bits. With uh, speaking of that, is when Medina puts on the CD for the first time, mm. right? And I love this as an idea. I want to remember what it was like when you first heard heavy metal again, because I was young, but I wasn't like wowed as crazy as this, right? But she listens to heavy metal for the very first time on a, on a Walkman. And suddenly she's whisked away into like basically a Conan Shira like universe. <laughs> Where she's wielding an axe, drinking mead, and having topless women make out in front of her on top of a mountain. It is so metal. It's such a power metal fantasy. And you see it previously when Brody puts on music for the first time. And I love it. Because at one point, there's this woman just stroking his leg. He just stares at it, and then with fucking lasers, just removes just removes her top, and she's topless now. With that bit, I can only imagine that, like, that it's kind of symbolism of how awesome metal sounds for that particular time of first listening yeah. because like i mean i i didn't when i first listened to metal it was a great experience but i wouldn't i didn't picture anything like that you weren't whisked away so it's kind universe. of like i think it's just capturing the feeling mm. of like listening to great metal for the first time and really enjoying it and it's kind of like just being wowed yeah yeah 
And that's fucking great. She's wowed. And because of that, she becomes a bit of a badass, like, throughout the movie. Because when the zombie apocalypse and the demons and everything else happens... There she is in a leather, in basically a little bit like Buffy in a weird way. She suddenly becomes awesome. She wears a leather jacket in a leather jacket and a skirt, holding an axe and just slicing her way through all the deadites. Definitely. What, what are you doing? D20s. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Oh. What a shot. What's up? She is so good. That was so. I wanted to come up with like a one liner, like you were axing for this or something. That would be really cool, right? That was pretty cool. <laughs> I love it. And I think it's because I loved her because she is the character to me that isn't a stereotype. Everyone else is a bit of a stereotype. Like, you have the nerd who's very nerdy. He likes playing D&D or whatever. You have the you have the fat friend who's literally only there to be the fat friend. You've got Zach who's all metal. And then you've got Brody who's like the awkward kid and everyone else. And everyone, and everyone else is either a bully or, or, or a stereotype. She's the one that isn't. She's the one that I feel the most for. Mm. So I think that's the case. All the other characters we mentioned, they're just they're all right. But she's yeah. not. But it's not like a. But it's not like a cheerleader in a short skirt and a leather jacket wielding an axe kind of badass. Yeah, in 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 like an unusual way, mm-hmm. she has like I've mentioned, she has more of an arc because she has like a path. She changes mm. from one point to another point. Whereas the other people just kind of stay the same. They don't really learn anything from the story. Zach kind of does at the end. Yeah. But it's it still... I, I think I think it feels more like... Like more of a confirmation sort of an arc, you know? Like, it's like, yeah, you finally accept your friends and that uh, you shouldn't be such a dick. Stop being selfish. Yeah, so he kind of, like, redeems himself a little bit because he's kind of, like, understanding that, you know, he can... Uh, you know, he understands who his friends are and how you can support them and, and do a good thing and whatnot. Yeah. Whereas, it, you know, in the past, he probably wouldn't have done all that stuff. But in terms of transformation... He's had little. Like, he's still himself. He's just now... He just gets it. While she... Total transformation. <laughs> Amazing. She was hot as well at the end of it. Like, by the end of it, I was like, I'm kind of I'm into this. <laughs> I'm kind of... Although, there's... I kind of... I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. God. But, you know, like, Avril Lavigne hair in, like, the early noughties when yeah. she had, like, the blonde and the black stripes. You're into that? I was into that. But I think metalheads would be like, oh, no, Avril Lavigne, that's pop shit. <laughs> it's pop punk shit. But, I no, no. Avril Lavigne, back in the day, totally a babe. Totally <laughs> a babe. Yeah, you know? definitely. <laughs> So yeah, that to me was Deathgasm. Deathgasm, an absolute whale of a time, absolute fun, loads of fun to watch through, loads of scenes I really recommend you guys want to watch. So what do you think of the movie as a whole, if you had to sum it up? Uh, just really, really, like, fun. And, mm. like, it is very sort of, like, it's so metal. I mean, yeah, I, I would say 
to into to enjoy you have to really be into the metal vibe because yeah i don't think anyone would enjoy it that if you don't like metal music you probably won't get it or like it i mean because i really like metal from like a kid age to an adult i kind of understand what the kid characters are going through and whatnot so it's not for everyone but if you're into metal and rock and whatnot and you remember that as a kid and then you're also into like gore and horror then you'll absolutely love it and it is just it in in that respect i would highly recommend to the, that that group you know people I, I yeah i'd agree i think if you didn't like if you don't like heavy metal i don't think you're going to get its heart because mm. it's not not everyone is a stereotype per se but it's more like what even though they are playing on tropes on heavy metal it feels more personalised. It feels more honest. The teenagers are acting like when we were teenagers and listening to heavy metal. Yeah. You know, they're acting like it. They're going for the whole spiel. It feels very personal that way. And it does like it does feel like the director has been there. You yeah. know, like and just but just added deadites. Yeah. Right. So just to wrap up the episode, I'm gonna I'm gonna we're we're kinda of steamrolled for the whole thing, but I honestly recommend Deathgasm's totally movie to watch. So until next time, keep an eye on your trash. There might be some treasure in there. See you next time. See you later, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it around with movie lovers you know, maybe add a star rating or write a good review. All of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics. Want to find out more about us? Then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles. Cinephiles.